0: This podcast is sponsored by Huboo, an award-winning e-commerce fulfillment provider, helping online businesses grow by taking care of all their order fulfillment needs—picking, packing, and posting products to customers all over the world. Fuel your growth and fulfill your ambitions with Huboo. Three peeps in the podcast. Hello,
1: and welcome to Three Peeps in the Podcast. Robin's review. Before we get into the Swansea match, this is going to be a bit of a pre-match podcast action. So we're going to have James Pearcy on to talk about anything that he can tell us about the goings-on at Bristol City. Um, But I wanted to actually read out a poem. Uh, it's a poem written by Adam Garland, read out at Chris Garland's funeral, and it's been seven weeks now since the passing of Chris Garland, and uh, I just thought it was worthwhile sharing that that poem. So I was watching this uh, the funeral at the Cooper's Arms, on uh, they were doing a, a stream there, so that was that was really nice to share it with those people. Uh, I've obviously got got Adam's permission, but uh, here goes. Living next door to Ashton Gate, Dad dreamed of becoming a city great. Playing around with the tennis ball, Dad practised and practised against the wall. Left foot, right foot for hours on end, a deal with City was finally penned. 16 years old with dreams being made, Dad set about improving his trade. Goals and assists began to flow and next thing he knew it, it was time to go. Chelsea came in and wanted the boy. The bright lights of London would bring much joy. A cup semi-final winning goal, the next job in hand was a Wembley roll. 90 minutes of work and thanks stopped only by the late great Gordon Banks. A few years later Lester came in, a brand new chapter was about to begin. A memorable time was had by all but then dad received a special call. His boyhood club wanted him back and now was the time to return and pack. City were flying and in the big time a big tester waited a time to shine. Relegation threatened throughout the year, but Dad came good to bring lots of cheer. Liverpool, Leeds and United too. None of them stopped Dad from scoring a few. Relegation is avoided at Coventry and City remain Dad's priority. The next thing you know it's 82 and you're being asked to do what you don't want to do. Tear up your contract with seven other pros or it's goodbye, God bless for Bristol City. Terrible blow. The decision is made, a now famous date, the club kept alive by the Ashton Gate 8. Life moved on, including Hong Kong, a stint in Sweden didn't last long, city in trouble beyond belief, relegation relegation, football grief. One last time to help the club, but with no cash to pay, you still do play. Career now ended, new challenges await, but instead you are dealt a horrible fate. Parkinson's disease had taken control. Life going forward would no longer be whole. But despite all of this, you never gave up. The singing, the laughter, and all of your love. So the long, hard fight has come to an end. The final contract has been penned. No more battling, no more pain. Rest in peace and relax again. There was nothing better than seeing you score. You will always be loved forevermore. okay so hopefully uh i did adam justice on that and, and I, god knows how he got through that in the funeral um i hope you'll agree it was a, a fantastic tribute matt you've just listened to that uh quite quite an emotional one that one
2: very emotional mate yeah um being a, a ben mr lad myself in uh obviously following chrissy garland's career and yeah it does uh it brings it home to you doesn't it and uh yeah fair play to adam um obviously what a, a Lovely guy, what a lovely family! But to to stand up and do that, nice tribute from Adam. But yeah, it's yeah. sadly missed.
1: Yeah, absolutely right. Okay, as I said at the start, we have got James Percy with us before we do our post match Swansea reaction. And James, it's it's Thursday, thirty first of August at seventeen forty one. We've got a, a whole day left of the transfer window before it slams shut. And uh, of note, obviously Alex Scott going out and Taylor Gardner and Hickman coming in so there was talk of of one more uh coming across as well but uh yeah that's pretty much where we are so before we talk about that obviously you've just spent some time with nigel pearson talking about goings on in this week can you just give us a, a quick summation of of where we are at the moment
3: yeah i mean it was a it was a it was a press conference very much sort of as you'd imagine as as they always are before the transfer window close closes i mean that the timing of it can work out quite nicely from a media perspective and obviously projecting that, that message to the fans in terms of a window often falls on a Thursday or a Friday or a Monday. So you can often get kind of the manager's thoughts leading up to the um, conclusion of it. But obviously from City's perspective, um, there's not really anything to say because nothing is going to happen. So the the, the sort of the thrust of the conversation, I mean, I say nothing is going to happen. There may be the odd loan or two from some of the under-20 runs, but um, essentially nothing of any kind of impact on the first team is going to occur. So the kind of the, the conversation... That conversation almost been had already, hasn't it? I mean, I'm I'm sure you have yeah. spoken about it. Is it, 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 it's kind of as you were. The only the so only the concern conversation... we had
1: uh, coming into the the last few days was the possibility of Zach Viner's situation and possibly yeah, having a bit. I mean, but...
3: We can that. I mean, I wrote about that, and it, it's definitely a possibility. And Nigel. Um, kind of mentioned about the prospect of players leaving but also then reinforce that by saying there's been no indication that will happen but such is the bonkers nature of the last day of the transfer window Mm. there's probably about a third of the championship looking to do at least one if not more deals tomorrow so you're gonna they're gonna get a phone call from somebody at some stage about someone I don't think there's gonna be a lot a lot of activity. Um, Some people won't like that because obviously everyone likes the excitement of deadline day. But fundamentally, (laughs) going back to the point of the, uh, of kind of the the crux of the press conference, it was kind of a, a wider look at why City and specifically why Nigel Pearson is in this position whereby quite clearly there are issues in the squad and there are gaps in the squad and there are very, Airing weaknesses, some of which have been influenced by the injuries to Tommy and the Ross mm. McCrory, but also some that have kind of just sort of lingered through the summer. Yeah. Um, goal, goalkeeper being the obvious one there. Um, and also, of course, as great as Jason Knight has looked at, at, at well, most of the time. He wasn't brought in to replace Alex Scott, but effectively is now going to to have to be marketed as replacing Alex Scott. When really, I would imagine in a perfect world, you'd have Jason Knight and someone else. Yeah. So interesting to see, by the way, Ollie Thomas recalled from his loan at Yeovil. um, He's been playing at Yeovil, James, hasn't he? And I know he's scored a couple of goals. By all accounts, he's been been good. He's been good. I've had eyes on him myself, but to a few people who watch quite a bit of Yeovil, They said he's looked really good, looked really promising. Now, that may be one where he's been here and then he's being redirected tomorrow to maybe someone higher up the pyramid, or it could just be someone they need in training just to push Naki a bit and just to keep him on his toes, um, and maybe fill a maybe fill a bench spot. I don't know. Um, that will probably obviously come to come to um, sort of more be revealed over the next 24-48 hours. But the crux of the conversation with Nigel was fundamentally, um, are you kind of happy with, what, with the kind of the cards you've been dealt? Ultimately, he is an employee of Bristol City. Yeah. The club is bigger than him. What Nigel Pearson cares about, and he's professional enough, and he's experienced enough, and he's of, the, of a suitable temperament whereby he's not going to let his own ego get carried away with, with itself. Um, he, you know he kind of knows and, and you can make the case and certainly I imagine many will make this case that he arrived in February 2021 with a bit of a financial mess to clear up he's kind of had that all throughout his time so why should it be any different now um, the key part to that of course is up to the sale of Alex Scott I think there was a sort of Just a a contentment, you know, he would have maybe liked another goalkeeper, but he felt other positions were needed. Uh, He would have maybe liked another centre-back, felt other positions were needed in terms of bringing Hayden Roberts, McCrory, all that sort of thing. But once Alex Scott went, and once Alex Scott went for the money that was agreed, at least some of that, because, no, you know, I don't think anyone's asking for...
2: But from a fan's perspective, seeing... Yeah, last year we we're being told that we were okay from an FFP point of view. Yes, it was close, but we've had the Semenyo sell. We've now had the Scott sell. We've got off the books, Calas, De Silva, Bentley, big, big wage earners. So when Nigel's coming out and saying that he's being told we're at the top of you know where we can be from a wages point of view, it just doesn't feel like that can possibly be the case from from an ignorant person like me who, who, you know, I don't know the FFP rules enough and I don't know where it sits. But you then play into the injuries that we've got and just the sheer depletion of the squad, not being able to name enough subs on the bench, but it just feels like as a fan. We're being told that Luton had a much better, you know, we had a much better squad than Luton last year. We should be doing better. But fundamentally, we are short in so many key areas. If Mackie Wells gets injured, if Zach Viner gets injured, we could be relegation candidates. It could be that bad. And I don't. People might look at it and go, "Oh, doom and gloom" or whatever. I've watched every game this season, and aside from controlling Millwall and playing very well against Hull, we haven't been. Brilliant, and we've not then had someone that can come on and change the game. So it just, there's not even a question in there, so apologies, but it just feels as though.
1: The worst thing we, that could happen is Max Elyri gets injured, and Bajic obviously has made one appearance, I think, last season so, in the Cup game. Yeah. And Wiles Richards hasn't at all.
2: And with Bajic, and James, you might be able to correct me if I'm wrong, but because of the games he's played in France and at the level he's played in France, you couldn't then get an emergency loan in.
3: Uh, so he, that's a very good question. That's a very good question, actually, Matt. And I don't yeah. know the answer to that, but it does—it does sound about right. Yeah, um, I'm
2: sure. I'm sure. I, um, I'm sure I've read somewhere that that was the case. Um yeah, may, Actually, no, I'm saying that. I can give point. give give credit. I'm sure Dave Febbs may have said that on Forever Bristol City. he's, so the, sort so for, of blo- he's the sort of bloke who. Dave would. Dave sort of would know. Yeah, but but you're absolutely right, Patch. You know, should should Max? It's a long time between now and January. Yeah, um,
3: I, 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 there's, there's there's a core, isn't there? There's a core group. Yeah. Nekhi, Max, probably even Matty James. Yeah, definitely. Probably. Yeah, I would say definitely Matty James, yeah. Jason Knight, and then one, and then probably Rob Dickey yeah. or Zach. So you, you've got like five Maybe or six. Cam. Maybe Cam as well comes in. Yeah. Well, yeah. you've got, hey, at least, you know, you've got cover yeah. there. Um, if you take that six, okay, Andy Vyman should be back towards the end of September, which is good news. But you're not going to see any reinforcements beyond that until October, November. So you're basically hoping none of those six get injured in the next two months. Yeah. And the likelihood is at least one, probably two, maybe even three, could go down with an injury. Matty James has had an injury
2: each of the seasons that's ruled him out for a number of weeks. Yeah. You know, pray to God that doesn't happen. But it's... A, a long hard season and a it's, long winter, it, isn't it? But I don't, I don't expect us to go out and spend five million on a player or anything like that. But there are quality loan players available that would have got us over potential issues until January. And yes, you would have spent more, yeah, money you wouldn't really have wanted to because of what Nigel just talked about with the wages. But surely that has to be the right gamble. Well. <laughs> to do that and get quality in so that you're not then running the risk of, you know, potentially, as I say, fighting relegation come Christmas because your squad's so depleted.
3: So yeah. the Hickman, that deal was basically sanctioned because of Ross McCrory's injury. Okay. Yeah. Had, had Ross McCrory either not been injured or not been injured for this significant period of time. He's Nigel mentioned he's, he's back in training January, February time. Yeah. Hopefully. Um, then Taylor Gardner-Hickman would still be at West Brom. But it's that's been that's been a kind of example of some flexibility in light of injuries. So um, there, there is that. But then you're almost thinking, well, even if Ross McCrory was fit, that Gardner-Hickman may be a good... Well, the interesting in thing this. on that
2: is that Corberon has come out and said he doesn't see him as a right back no. at all. Yes, he can play there. And he sees him as an attacking midfielder, that. a 10 or... Which, you know, again, if that's the case, he will have seen him day in, day out at training and in games. Our recruitment team won't have seen him to the same extent. And yet we're looking at him potentially as a, back up right back or challenging George
3: Tanner because well, he may of well glory. start. He may well start. Well, I on, think he probably um, will. That
2: I said that on our podcast the weekend. I think Taylor Hickman will start right back because I didn't think George was great the other guard, night. Guard the Taylor Hickman. sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's, that's Pat. Hey, we <laughs> we agreed.
1: We agreed we were going to stick with TGH, and then I just tried to yeah yeah. yeah. Tried to to show
3: off, Pat. Tried Absolutely.
1: Yeah, Tay Tay. Whatever you want to call him. But it is It's
3: but but within that. I mean, it's clearly a deal that has kind of just happened in the moment. It's been yeah. an opportunistic, right? We haven't got Ross McCrory for four to five months. Yeah. We need someone there who can also do this. Mm. You kind of, when you're setting your filters on Championship Manager, sorry, Football Manager, got on, show my eyes there. Yeah. Setting set your filters on Football Manager, you're limiting your pool of players you can look at, and therefore you're even further limiting the pool of players you can get based on the financial parameters. You're in. So really, I'm not sure there's too many other players of that profile mm.
0: they
3: yes. were going to be getting in. So you kind of make make that. So whereas like Roberts, I mean, Dickie was a bit of a kind of a opportunistic I, one I well. problems, yeah, Yeah, yeah. Um, and was basically based on a conversation between him and Mark Sykes, whereby he was sort of bemoaning his situation at QPR and then, Psych stuff, and there you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. But obviously, yeah. Robert's Knight, um, and uh I'm missing somebody. Who am I missing? Robert's Knight and McCrory. McCrory, of course. Yeah. So, silly me. Literally the guy we're talking about 30 seconds yeah. ago. <laughs> but those three, there's an element of kind of long-term. I mean, McCrory apparently they've been watching for absolutely ages. Yeah. But, you know, you're looking at you're looking at that's a clear kind of passage that's led to those signings and they've, they've been thought about, they've been discussed, they've been scouted, they've been probably been argued over, all these kind of things The other two, Dicky was almost a no-brainer because of his, his championship experience but certainly with Gardner Hickman, it's just been like he ticks a lot of boxes, let's mm. be honest in many ways, they've been incredibly lucky to get a player of that quality Given Yeah, the definitely so, um, yep. it's a cur- it, it all adds, it all adds up to a bit of a curious end to a window that at one stage was looking very, very promising.
1: Do you want to touch on Kalas uh, and Masengo? So, Kalas. Uh, went on for much longer than than a lot of people anticipated in terms of there was a chance he might sign and then the date passed and then the, the weeks passed really until he actually did sign for Schalke um and we did get that that message from him uh, to the Bristol City fans so was there ever any chance of him re-signing
3: uh i mean there a chance of him re-signing in the sense that he was offered a contract and if he had wanted to accept that contract he could have re-signed but and he's actually ended up You'd have to say getting himself a fantastic move. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean Absolutely. they've got to be, they've got to be the biggest second tier team. You would think so, wouldn't you? Well, yeah, I, was su- in world. I was,
1: I was surprised that they were in the second tier when I found yeah. out. To be honest, yeah.
3: potentially yeah. in the world, I don't know. It's a bit of a bold statement I made there, but it could be right. Um, um, yeah. So it's a great move for him, and obviously he's got international considerations as well, yeah. um, which should, should put speaks, the, 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 speaks the language, doesn't he? So, center, yeah, yeah. The waiting guy. game
1: paid off for Calas on the yeah. Masengo front. A uh, strong links, strong rumours to Burnley uh, today, uh, which there's uh, some figures knocking around about compensation we will get and things like that. So I don't know if there's any insight into whether it is Burnley and what that compensation might be.
3: He's done well to write out it appears that Vincent and Company's a massive fan of his. Um Yeah,
1: I mean that's not new news, is it? We've heard that for, for some time. And I'm actually watching the Burnley documentary at the moment. There's loads of scenes where they're signing players, so you kind of know what's what, what's going on behind the scenes in in Burnley on that on that front. And you know, if they they generally seem to get their man. As well, so yeah. Hopefully, that that comes to some sort of resolution because yeah, to not I mean, see it, Masengo playing football, um, you know, it's it's tragic, really.
3: Well, it, it, it's better news for City because of the uh, obviously the conversations down in England. The the, the 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 conversation rules are more flexible in a good way. So if you stay in a UEFA country, for example, or play in a UEFA country, it's kind of a hard and fast. Um, I think it's about three hundred thousand euros. I think that's right. Um, I wrote stories about it; it's completely forgotten. But it's about three hundred thousand euros. If you stay in within the English kind of system, it gets it can be decided um, via either tribunal or just by an arbitrary sort of panel that rule over lots of things. And obviously, the amount of performance, the amount of games he played for City, his kind of market value. He's got obviously France under twenty-one caps. I think that will be looked at very favourably in terms of the kind of the volume of talent effectively City have lost for nothing. Yeah. Which should give some some degree of sort of high compensation compared to the to the yeah. standard figure they would have got had he stayed in France or moved to Turkey or whatever.
1: Okay. Yes. Okay. So we know so from what we've been told then, so Viman looking at end of September.
3: Um Matt, so, he's, so I think he should be so Nigel said today he should be back in training after the international break. All yeah. I'm saying is I would be surprised if that means he's straight into the squad at yeah, West Brom. Yeah. So I would think it's probably, yeah, is it Leicester? Is uh, that the 22nd? I can't uh, they've got Plymouth, and then the following one's Leicester, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So maybe the maybe the Leicester game might be a realistic one.
1: Yeah, um, Conway, we're looking at a bit later.
3: Uh, Conway is um October, but I do believe that he is um without getting like all hypey about it, but he's he's ahead of schedule in the sense that it's it was originally, he may be, and it's not like he's not gonna make a miracle recovery, no. but I think he'll be he'll be on the scale that was sort of forecast. Obviously, taking into consideration, stuff can happen in between now and then. Mm. Um, On the scale of the forecast, where it could be late October, early November, um, Nigel said today that he'll be back in training in October. So I think it will be on the earlier part of that scale. Okay, cool. But with a massive reservation, of course, it's a second hamstring injury. The way he plays, got a sort of Got to be, got to be careful on that one. But
1: it's the other hamstring, isn't it? It's not the same. Yeah, it thing. is. It <laughs> is.
3: But then, yeah, that's true, actually. Um, but you just kind of, you know, it comes into, you know, I don't know. You start. Oh,
1: of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Benarus obviously had a second ACL, but has come back and seemingly, seemingly, has picked up something different. Uh, so he, he's, no, he's not, he's not. He's another back,
3: October. He's another October one. Okay. But I wouldn't. I would be surprised if he's in first team contention. For, for I think they'd like to give him a run of appearances for the twenty ones. Yeah, because um, he played. He played what was it? QPR played against SuperSport, the South African team. Then he got the injury. So I think in a perfect world, he gets a run of maybe even four or five games for the twenty ones mm-hmm. before before he's before he's back in the senior. Yeah, senior. Cool. it will still be training with the senior squad, but I think from a match perspective. He'd, he'd, he'd get quite a few minutes in the twenty ones before it before he you start seeing him in in the senior team.
1: Yeah, McCrory. We've spoken about Atkinson. Uh, Atkinson
3: training. Uh, the um, hope is that he'll be in training in November. Um, that's right. obviously one. I guess. I guess if you were being sort of a realistic optimist, you might say Christmas, being back on the pitch, right. maybe.
1: Okay. Yeah. Five massive players there in terms of uh injuries after the break we'll find out what the starting lineup was <laughs> is um and also how we got on so uh so stay with us thank you so much to james for for coming on and talking all things Bristol city with us and uh, yeah we'll be back after the break with swansea post-match reaction
0: Dent Magic, your Bristol based car body repair company. Visit us at Cribs Causeway or Central Bristol, or we can even come to you with our mobile service at your home or workplace. Have you got a scuff, scratch, or dent on your vehicle? Dent Magic can fix them all. If you need the magic touch for your vehicle, visit www.dentmagic.net to get your quick quote online today.
1: Okay, so we're on the M4 heading back to Bristol after another great away day. The ball was in the Swansea three times in the first half but none were chalked up as a goal. Swansea did score so there was plenty to do in the second half and City fought hard and deservedly turned it around with goals from Sykes and one of our own Sam Bell on another great performance on the road. Lee's three words were midfield trio triumphant. Um, so Matt we are coming back with the three points from Swansea.
2: Safely tucked away yeah um, and a deserved three points. Um, make t- no two bones about it. I thought we were much the better side, created much the better opportunities, had to defend a little bit, um, sort of 10 minutes from the end. But yeah, you know, it, it was a a really really good away performance following on from what we've seen at Millwall and Hull
1: absolutely yeah so we'll do a check in I don't know if we did that at the start of the of the podcast that we had with James Percy. so we'll do it now anyway and it's probably changed anyway so if if, uh, we're done. we are coming back from a from a victory another away day and uh, I'm going to go eight Matt if not no then I'm going to go nine
2: I'm a nine mate I'm, I'm a nine, nine. nine all day long I mean I've got to say half time one nil down um, friend of ours rob skeet said we were brilliant and i was kind of going no we're not brilliant um but rob was really positive positive, saying it's really encouraging and i gotta say he was absolutely spot on um it was a really encouraging display and yeah i'm over the moon mate i'm a, I'm a nine i'm an absolute nine yeah. nailed on nine nine it's
1: it's half past three on uh, saturday still got most of saturday to go as yeah well. so uh Takeaway tonight? Celebrate?
2: Don't know. Yeah,
1: Jill's out. Going to watch the Blood Brothers, so um, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do. Nice. Good stuff. Right, Um, just want to mention um, Nick Anderton. So BBC West reported that it was wonderful news. Uh, Former Rovers defender Nick Anderton says he's no longer actively suffering from bone cancer. A 27-year-old was forced to retire from football before he had his... Knee and part of his femur cut last cut out last year and now he's looking forward to a bit of normality all the best nick so uh matt it's important that that's great news
2: brilliant news um and i've been critical of joe barton um numerous times on this podcast but joe barton is using his X feed for funds for nick anderton so great credit to him for that um, and yeah, brilliant news for Nick Anderton. We all wish him all the best, and let's hope he has a an illness-free remainder of his life because he deserves it after going what he's
1: gone through. Absolutely. Cool. Right, the starting lineup then, Matt. So one change from Hull. TGH in for Tanner. Uh, so we lined up Max O'Leary, TGH on the right, and then we had Viner and Naismith, Cam Pring on the left, and then Matty James and Joe Williams in the middle. Knight in the middle of uh, ahead of them and Sykes and Bell with Wells up top and that front four, Matt, for me is our best front four It's,
2: it's all energy, Patch, isn't it? It's all press Jason Knight um, I laughed because I've seen comments from some fans at the start of the season questioning the signing. Jason Knight is like a Duracell bunny he is non-stop um, and he sets the press and when you've got Sam Bell one side Mark Sykes the other and Naki Wells whose work rate is unbelievable it really sets the tone um, and I, I wasn't, I wasn't un- yeah, unduly surprised with the starting lineup. I thought um, I said to you beforehand didn't I I thought George hasn't been great and certainly against Norwich wasn't great um, so I thought Taylor Gardner-Hickman would come in and similarly with Rob Dickey wasn't great against Norwich but because Naismith had played so well with Zach Viner at Hull I could also understand why Nigel Pearson made that choice so it I, I think it was it was probably our strongest lineup that he could have named with the players that we've got
1: yeah so the bench was Badgett, Cornick, King, Mameti, Dicky, Tanner, Roberts and Yeboah so still one space on the bench uh, that could have been taken up by one of the young lads but um We'll leave that one for now. Right, moving into the game then. So, first note is fourth minute. Williams feeds Bell, who cuts inside. His shot is deflected into the air by a Swansea defender. And Sykes hooks it into the net, but is ruled offside. And we've we've, uh, we've seen replays of most of these now, and that was the correct decision, Matt.
2: Yeah, I've, I've not seen it back in. Obviously, it was the far end from, from where I was sat. Um, Sykes, was gutted, because obviously it was a bit of an acrobatic overhead kick, wasn't it? Um, But by all accounts, you know, you you saying it there and and all the comments I've seen was that it was offside, so uh, Mr Langford and his assistant got that right.
1: And Joe Joe Williams, we mentioned it on the pod in the week for the Norwich game, he seems to be more and more advanced, more and more threading balls through and and trying to set people off.
2: Yeah, do you know what, I thought Joe Williams, I thought he was excellent today as I did the other night. but today there was a real desire from Joe Williams. Um, and when we go on and talk about the, the, the goals and stuff, Joe, Joe was focal, front and centre, in terms of celebrating and yeah. you could clearly see how up for the game he was. So no, it, it was yeah, it was a good move and a good good pass from Joe.
1: Yeah. Seventh minute, TGH corner, and it gets to the back post, and Sykes heads wide, heads down into the ground, so he's heading it down, but wide. Um, just want to say that uh, the Taylor's corners and set pieces were, were fantastic really today. good
2: yeah really good I mean it's um it's kind of testament to how good his quality is because obviously we've seen Matty James pretty much dominate our set set pieces and if not Matty James Carl Naismith so for um, Taylor to come in and, and deliver like that yeah was excellent and I think his very first pass he had a crossfield pass that didn't quite come off and got cut out it would have been easily to be a bit nervous, and but he showed for the ball, um, and I, th- I thought a game was impressive like the rest of him, but his, his dead ball delivery, it felt threatening, didn't it? Yeah. Which is not something we've really talked about much.
1: Ninth minute, it's 1-0 uh, Swansea, and it's a great ball through from Patino to Liam Cullen, who gets around Naismith and is in on goal. Um, we saw Max make some important saves recently in one on one tonight as a result of that I really fancied him to, to get the save but uh, it, was a good, it was a well, well finished goal from, from Liam Cullen
2: Yeah, I mean it's it's a poor goal defensively I mean it's a, just a, a straight ball through the middle isn't it and we got, got caught out allowing the ball and then Naismith getting caught really um, not strong enough in the challenge and I think because it was so central it was really up to Cullen to pick his spot and you give the keeper no chance to an extent and he just literally curled it around him didn't he so it was, yeah. good, it was a good finish
1: with our away performances as they've been i'm still confident of of picking up the victory so uh we'll continue to see what happens next yeah 13th minute wells pressing is good and he wins the ball plays it inside tonight who shoots from just outside the box and it's over but Wells, as you say, his his effort levels have been have been great of late and you know, have always been great to be fair, in the recent seasons. And uh, yeah, it was inside tonight and it actually wasn't that far over on this occasion.
2: Good effort, no, it was a good effort. And I think again, Naki, like I said with Joe Williams, you can see what it means to Naki Wells. Um, you know, he was conducting the celebrations after the goals as well. He was quite and
1: so, happy to come off, wasn't
2: he? He <laughs> wasn't, of course. But <laughs> do you know what? And and you know when 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 we get into that, but it was it I like the fact that he doesn't want to come off and that sounded really well, Bristolian no then. No I one like does. the fact. No one does, no one does exactly. But he shows it but more than he, others. He, he'd <laughs> absolutely run himself into the ground and I so I think it was then the right call. But yeah. um yeah, I mean it was a, a good move, good ball. Um and what's I think the difference with Knight and not Alex Scott, and don't get me wrong, that they're, they're different players, I'm not comparing them. But Knight kind of stays central and stays on the press and looks to win it and pass it. Whereas obviously Scotty was much more of a creative flair, go past players. But it it feels like there's a slightly better balance um, and the way that they work together. So I didn't feel Naki was as isolated today. It felt like he had runners alongside him, either Knight coming forward or from the two wide players. So yeah.
1: 21st minute, Wells set Sam Bell away, he carries it up the pitch, finds Wells, but his shot is at the keeper. For me, that one, Matt, uh, Naki Wells should be slotting that one either side of the keeper, but uh, on this occasion it's straight at him.
2: Yeah, it, it'd be interesting to watch it back because I think Naki was a little bit behind as Sam sort of received the ball. And it almost seems like he got a little bit surprised with just how good a run he then made and how good a ball back he got. That he just didn't really give the connection that it it warranted. And so it was a comfortable safe, but another good move and good linking between the two. And
1: Bell just showing showing what he can do, getting away down the left-hand side. He's absolutely terrorised that right. And and, And it in a left foot cross as well. Yeah. 24th minute Wells again to Bell. Square tonight on target but blocked. Then Naismith on target but blocked. Another good corner after that from TGH, but no-one was attacking that one in the box. But really in the ascendancy here, Matt. 21st minute, sorry, 24th minute, um, Knights getting a shot on target and then Smith from the edge of the box.
2: I, I was surprised just how on top we were. Um, you know, Swansea have, have, have got a number of good players. Um, Grimes didn't, didn't have the influence on the game today that he normally has for Swansea. Um, but it was all City and so even being 1-0 down, we kept driving, kept driving and you just felt that, was it going to be one of those days or would we would we get the rewards that, that the play deserved? And the way that it was
1: going, it just felt like it was going to be one of those days. Yeah, 26 minutes, Sykes wins the ball and sets Wells off. He shoots high, wide and left-footed and that one was inside the box, Matt. So after that chance that you'd had a few minutes earlier, to get inside the box and shoot high and wide, he must have thought at that point it's just not going to be his
2: day. He was gutted because um, he knows it was a really, really good position, good chance, another very good move. Um, I thought, you know, we'll we'd talk about Sykes in a lot more detail, but I thought Sykes was excellent. Um, and a couple of the passes. And, and actually because of um, Taylor Gardner-Hickman as well, they, they weren't wasting passes. But what they were doing, they were playing the triangles and not then going back. Which I've been critical of with George um, So it felt like we were on the front foot And if the ball was played into Mackie, It went to, to Mark Sykes Then back to Hickman But then kept it in that, that forward momentum
1: Yeah. 31st minute Intricate stuff from Naismith Threads the ball into Bell Bell gets the ball into the net But the flag is up for offside And I think Sam looked just ahead Of the defender But again, turns, gets a shot away And finishes yeah, yeah, Which yeah. is the important thing to note um, 34th minute, TGH loses the ball and is a little bit shaky for, for a minute or two there. And unfortunately for Swansea, their shot is sliced wide. But yeah, Swansea's still in the game.
2: Yeah, he got he got caught, didn't he? And Swan, Swan, like I said, Swansea have got some good players. So if you give them an opportunity, as as we did with Cullen's goal, they, ca- they can punish you. So, you know, we needed to stay switched on. Um, and, you know, you are talking about a lad that, yes, he's played some football there, but that isn't what he would consider his natural position. Um, but I, I thought he was very positive in what he did.
1: 45 plus one. Wells is away after a poor back pass from Swansea. It's a yellow card. He's pulled down very cynically. But for me, just too far away from the goal for a red card. What were your thoughts,
2: man? Yeah, I mean, again, it's at the far end. Um, the The... All the talk around me in the away end was, "Oh, red card, definite red, no doubt about it." I said immediately. I thought he was he was too far out. And although I think Mackie was ahead of the defenders, there were two defenders. It looked like from, um, yeah, you know, I've not seen it back, but yeah. first viewing, two defenders coming from right to left that, that potentially could have got there. So maybe another 10 yards further in it's a different decision but yeah. I think the ref probably got that right
1: yeah there, there was a covering defender of sorts yeah it was a bit too far out so you know unless it's beyond reasonable doubt um, but first half the ref, the referee didn't really give us a lot and there was the ironic jeers when he did give us a free kick at one point
2: yeah I mean I I, I said um, to the group that I, I thought he was poor Oliver Langford and He's not a ref that impresses me, I think he's a ref that is um, lower league standard, um, he makes some poor decisions um, but in fairness the big decisions today I think he got right in those early ones
1: with it, with his assistance. From the free kick gets TGH delivery again, falls to Knight and the ball is in the net but he's sort of, he's sort of pushed a Swansea player in the process. Uh, which leads to a free kick to Swansea, but Naismith gets booked for dissent in the aftermath of that. Um, and that takes us into the break.
2: Yeah, I mean again foreign can see it, but from from friends that are on holiday abroad watching it um, said that it was two hands on the player's back and therefore you know free kick. but <laughs> you've seen a lot of challenges go now? And the refs allowing a little bit more physicality what i i couldn't see and i don't know whether it showed on the tv was you know was it a real sort of push enough for it or quite quick so yeah difficult to say but
1: but but if if that's in the box or outside of the box it needs to be consistent
2: exactly that and i think that that's my thing is outside the box maybe he doesn't give it and there are there are a number of challenges like that today that he didn't give
1: Halftime summary from Rob, wow, what a frustrating half. Definitely our best forward play of the season thus far, looking a threat for much of the half. Refreshingly, our play has looked much more incisive, with better tempo and movement. Sadly, for one reason or another, we failed to capitalize. Three goals ruled out doesn't help, but probably on the naked eye, all correct, sadly. Twice offside, and you'd have to say Knight was guilty of pushing the Swans defender before firing into the goal. The frustration remains, however, that you'd at least hope to get away with one. Potential red for Norton two with Wells looking to go clear when capitalising on some indecision at the back. The fact he still had some way to go and other defenders were in the vicinity, although although questionable if they'd have been able to cover it, it really could have gone either way. Overall desperately unlucky with our attacking play, but sadly before all of that, An all too familiar concession of a goal at our end. Sloppy or sleepy in midfield. One simple ball and we're too easily opened. We need to learn how to keep the back door shut. If we can keep up the general dominance in the second half, however, surely we can still take all three points. Swansea definitely have shown plenty of their own vulnerability. Spot on, Rob. Yeah, absolutely spot on. OK, into the second half then, the equaliser for City in the 48th minute. Joe Williams pounces on a loose Swansea pass and Sykes is away into the box, feigning a shot with his right, cutting in and shooting with his left foot into the bottom corner. And that is is Sykesy at his best, or psycho, I think as some of the players call him. <laughs> um, yeah, no, you're right, Sykesy, it,
2: I think it's just the fact that his control, you think you're going to, he's going to go outside and I, I'm genuinely thinking, right, edit, it, go across the keeper. And he just feigns, comes inside yeah. and then it opens everything up and it's then a, just a lovely shot in the middle of the goal, isn't it? It was just joyous and he went absolutely ballistic, Yeah, as did Naki Wells, Taylor. It was, yeah, brilliant, brilliant,
1: brilliant goal. And we've seen, um, obviously, flashes of, of that goal scoring instinct from Mark yeah. Sykes it took him quite a while to get a goal from memory last season and
2: I don't know I thought he scored fairly early and then had a bit of a run didn't he where he scored a couple and got the yeah, assist yeah I can't remember
1: I just remember I just remember thinking oh it's because he was playing in right wing back yeah. isn't it yeah that he wasn't getting that opportunity but now we're seeing him playing more forward and and I remember Oxford fans saying at the time he's, he's definitely not a right wing back and should be in a more advanced position even like as a as a second striker in some cases and it's clear to see that that goal score goal scored today that he has got that in his capability because we've we've seen him do uh tap-ins and uh shout out to alan (laughs) agar who is driving alongside us going absolutely mental with the kids in the back um (laughs) funny right i don't know where we are now but sykes scored what a goal right Fifty-second minute, great work from Jason Knight to turn away and thread it through to Sykes, and then there's a coming together with Sykes in an attacking position, but no foul. So, um, so yeah, we're we're in the ascendancy here, Matt, and uh, yeah, no foul from the referee on that occasion.
2: I just felt a lot of the 50-50s today didn't go our way, no. um, and. I was a bit critical of Oliver Langford. I, I, as I say, I didn't, I didn't think he was great today. I thought a lot of the 50/50s went Swansea's way. Um, he let some challenges not goad it. Just seemed like run-of-the-mill challenges. Um, so yeah, that one. Again, Sykes, Sykes. I'm sure if you ask him, he would feel hard done by today. I think he felt he got the rough end of the stick
1: from the ref. That was great from Jason Knight, wasn't it? Yeah. To set that up, he turned turned away. We've seen him do that many times now and it's something that's going to become more and more important.
2: Jason Knight is a winner um, and he's the sort of player, I've I've said about Josh Brownhill, he's the sort of player I think we need to enjoy because if he carries on playing like he's playing, other clubs will definitely look at him from higher up because he's got that real aggression and desire to win the ball back.
1: 54th minute, Pring this time bombing on, and his byline cross is turned over by a Swansea defender. So, great to see Cam Pring coming forward yep, as well. Yep. Uh, 58th minute is 2-1. Sykes powers through the right channel with four Swansea defenders unable to stop him and delivers a ball akin to his assist up at Hull. And it's Sam Bell at the back post, still with plenty to do, who opts to shoot left-footed across the keeper, and into the net and another moment where the crowd go wild, as does Sam Bell. Sam Bell loves the Swansea.com
2: stadium or or whatever it's called now. Yeah, I think
1: that's Um,
2: right. Yeah, I mean, it was a a good move again. Sykes sends over a lovely cross there. I'm sort of watching the cross come across thinking, oh, Naki, you're not gonna get there. And then you see Sam Bell at the back post um, and to hit it first time like he did and to hit it in the opposite corner, giving the keeper no chance was yeah. brilliant and yeah i mean he stands on top of the hoardings yeah just taking the applause he he obviously knows now to, he knows how to celebrate whereas last time around he was a little bit <laughs> not sure quite what to do so yeah, yeah.
1: great great scenes at the end brilliant as well, which scenes, we've, yeah we've got on our uh, twitter at three p uh, at three p i a p c have a look at have a look at those scenes at the end with with sam bell um so, sixty-fifth minutes, uh, Swansea make two sub- couple of substitutions, and they're both big lads, and they they come straight into action. And the ball comes into the box a couple of times, uh, but but we deal with it. Um, and one actually hits the post and rebounds neatly into Max's arms, and that could have been uh, even an own goal that one.
2: Yeah, they brought on the big forward um, and also um, Darling, the centre half, and Max kind of. Came for a cross, which which I like to see, but he got caught in no man's land. He wasn't going to get the cross, and what it meant was that Darling literally had to try and get his header on target. It. And there's then a real opportunity for him, and he kind of almost almost achieved that. But luckily for us, it was yeah. off target, at the post, heart and Max in gleefully mouth. picked it up. Yeah, yeah
1: heart in mouth moment. 67th minute we make our first change It's uh, TGH coming off Tanner coming on So just like for like change that one Matt um, Yes in terms of position But
2: no in terms of style I think Swansea Being behind being the home side Started to go a little bit more Front foot Um, And, and I think he, he views Tanner as obviously A better defender So we probably lost some of our attacking impetus But George being a sort of more accustomed defender it was the yeah. right the
1: right move to more make of a, more of a right back yeah okay uh, 77th minute Wells off Cornick on and again that change is one that, that I would have made as well yeah um, great to see Cornick coming on as the one uh, for me and I thought he's not going to bring Sykes off here surely to God and he didn't he brought off um, brought off Naki Wells and as we said earlier on Naki is uh, always very pleased to come off the field you um,
2: um, can't can't stress just the amount of work that Naki put in today, though. And up, up front by yourself, really, yeah. as well. You're, uh, you're chasing a lot yeah. of sort of lost causes in terms of going from one defender to another defender. Yeah, um, yeah his work rate was exceptional. And I like the fact he didn't want to come off. But yeah, Nigel Pearson got it spot on. And good to see Cornick making a nuisance of himself down the middle.
1: Yeah. 82nd minute. Naismith's hand collides with the ball in our own area and there was no penalty. That was a real um, moment of nervousness. Uh, The referee did pick up on it, neither did the uh, assistant referee. Um, And it could be questioned whether it was ball to hand or not, but in the Premier League with VAR that's probably given
2: again i've got to be honest mate I, I don't know what the rule is these days i don't know whether it, it's definitely like a motioning. You know, if it was a motion if there was no deflection onto the hand it probably should be but then similarly i think they had a back pass yes it was clearly an intended back pass it wasn't given didn't even pick it up did he yeah. first time and yeah.
1: right i'm gonna to have to pick this up wasn't
2: even given so it, it oh it definitely leveled it kind out. of even though and and sykes he had a couple of challenges mm-hmm. on him in the box so yeah yeah
1: okay um, Sykes off Dicky on shortly after that 83rd minute and for me we kind of go sort of 3-5-2 now with this one and or 5-3-2 in a defensive
2: yeah um
1: sort of uh it definitely
2: seemed as though
1: Cam Cam sort
2: of pushed further forward and yeah. Naismith went to the left more um so more of a three yeah, yeah.
1: and uh it was like Bell went up a little bit further up with Cornick
2: and yeah and then almost Bell seemed to then go central and Cornick go wide right didn't he so it was a bit of a strange yeah. I, wasn't, I wasn't really sure what what we were doing if I'm
1: honest you just hope that the players knew what we were yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> um, right 84th minute Pring left foot out swinger goes just wide after Cornick was almost in but he couldn't quite sort his feet out but the ball does dribble to Campering, and his shot is, is always sort of bending wide um, so yeah hell of a hit there. Was wasn't it great strike yeah. great strike just needs to get, keep that one that one's straight if, if that one's straight that, that one's going in um, 89th minute Pato Pring Kato uh, Prings Cato kicks Pring in the face um, and then has a go at Cam Pring which I don't quite know what he didn't really have a leg to stand on with that because he's he's gone from behind kicked him in the face and Cam's gone down and he's almost intimating that he didn't touch him but was he but Was he booked for that one?
2: Uh, yeah I'm, I'm pretty sure Pato got booked and I can't remember if it was in that one but for, again from, from where I was you couldn't see what had happened but you could see the aftermath yeah, in, he was booked. and Patterson yeah he was really yeah. having a go at Camp Ring which, which surprised me I mean they, they must have been at City together the two of them yeah. So,
1: and it's a bit of a strange one with, with Patterson because I, I thought I'd read that he was surplus to requirements he to was Wisconsin.
2: told that yeah so I, I'm very surprised he wouldn't let go and um, strangely I'm sure he signed the new contract um, well,
1: really, okay.
2: Sort the end of last season or something. So, yeah.
1: But he did. I mean, talking about Patterson now, he came on. He was involved. He looked dangerous. Yeah. You know, it's, you know the snakes, they were, they were more hips. of a
2: threat with him on there. I yeah, thought. Yeah.
1: Snake hips came out a few yeah. times. Cool. All right. Well, that takes us to the end of the game then. And um, it was we saw the game out. It was it was good. There was uh, lots of running into the corner, which you like to see. in the the last few minutes rather than going for goal we've been burnt by that in the past and uh, great celebrations great scenes at the end again that unity that's given us on the pitch Um, and yeah City travel away so well
2: Do you know Patch I think that's a really really important point you've made there about the unity on the pitch Um, you know let's be honest there's been a, a, a degree of negativity around the transfer window the fact we didn't bring any other players in stuff being made about Nigel Pearson and the relationship with the board. Um, You could see today the togetherness of that team um, and the togetherness with the manager. So, you know, it isn't about bodies in. And I still think we needed to make a sign-in, but I think you could see just how together this group is. And that can take you a long way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, it's, it's always great. Always great to see the, that, that unity on the pitch. I don't know if you saw
2: it as well. Sam Bell gave the double yeah. hand, sort of shaking his hands to get the cheer going. So, again, and lovely, was, to, lovely to see. Again, yeah. that
1: was well captured by myself. On, ah, was it? There you yeah. go. Yeah. There you go. Oh, that's
2: the, what the celebration was talking <laughs> about. Sorry. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, it was, it was fantastic. Right. OK. Um, Matt, obviously you're driving, so I'll, I'll read out a name and you give me your rating. first. thing. So, Max O'Leary.
2: Going to go seven for Max, um, and the reason being, I don't think he could do anything really with the goal. But I thought he made a number of yeah. important saves. Um, distribution still at times today a little bit off, but I th- I thought he made some important saves today that gave us the win. So yeah, or helped towards the win.
1: Yeah. Campering.
2: Campering, I'm going to go. I'm going to go seven for Cam as well. Uh, no, I'm going to change that. I'm going to go six for Cam. Cam had a bit of a shaky first 15 minutes, um, but got into the game more, got forward more, much more of the Cam-Pring we like to see. A couple of times in the first half he got to the byline, didn't he, and sort of cut in. Yeah. One moment he even came in through the box with one of his runs. So, yeah, a good six from Cam. So
1: with, with Pring and Bell as the left-sided players, and Bell is head down running yep. at people, does that negate Pring's... Running forward a bit,
2: probably. Yeah, it probably does. Um, and and Sam Bell isn't a natural defender. I know he's played right wing back, but we saw what happened there. <laughs> um, but he's not a natural defender, so no, another good point. That might that could could very well have an impact. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, Naismith.
2: Going to go six for Cal. Um, I thought he got caught for the goal. Should have done better. Um, but he was pretty steady throw Didn't really see much of his passing range today. Um, but I thought he was pretty steady. I'm doing this in the order on the team sheet. So okay, yep. uh, Matty James. So the midfield I thought was was excellent today. Um, Matty James took a knock, but was was very he
1: landed, awkwardly. On his yeah, back,
2: very it? very um, calming. What I would call a captain's performance today. A real s-
1: battle. For gonna him go, today. Yeah, I'm going to go he, seven for Matt. He also a. got a knee in the side towards the end. Yeah. Which he's sort of limped off a little bit. So hopefully he's okay for. Well, we've got the, the break program.
2: now, haven't we? So yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. No, exactly. Um, so sorry. Score for Matt James. Seven. Joe Williams. Joe, I'm going to go um, between a seven and an
2: eight, isn't it? Yeah, I'll go. I'll go seven. I'll go 7, but it's more of an 8 than a 6. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a really good performance from Joe Williams. Um, I thought him and Matty James worked really, really well together. And, and the reason for not going an 8 is because I'm going 8 for Jason Knight. OK. Um,
1: Jason Knight next? So, go for it. Yeah,
2: I thought Jason Knight... I'm really, really starting to love Jason Knight. I think he's a really quality quality player. Mark uh, Mark Sykes. Sykes is—I mean—it's he's, he's got to be an eight, and he's more of a nine than a seven. And a goal, I, and I know it's goal, frustrating doing goal, that, but a goal and, and an assist. assist. But it was also a, a really good performance from him. He put a number of good crosses in. Mm. talked about the the, the passage of plays with him and Taylor Gardner Hickman and Naki. Um, so yeah, it's I, would, it's I would argue a nine. Yeah, I I would dispute that. I'll I'll, I'll go yeah. nine, mate. I'll happily go nine. Man of the match. Right, Sam Bell. Sam, I'm going to go eight. Um, I thought Sam was was excellent again, constant threat. What I love with Sam Bell is he's one of those players that he looks at the defender and thinks I'm just going to push it and run, yeah. and there I'll was see one what he can do. the
1: end, where he, he did push it and run, yeah. and the guy did.
2: He did manage to just managed, make that. Yeah.
1: So I thought, right, just knock it past him and run. Yeah. Um, Naki Wells.
2: Naki, um, I'm going to go a seven for Naki. Um, two or three missed chances yeah I mean I think if Naki if the keeper makes some worldies or if he scores then Naki's an eight Mm. because his performance warranted an eight but from our sort of main finisher he should have done better than he did so yeah but it's a seven and a really good performance from him
1: Taylor Gardner Hickman
2: so his first pass as I talked about earlier on was a cross field ball that just wasn't getting there got caught out and they had the attack would have been easy to not want the ball for a bit then, but he didn't, and I thought his dead ball delivery we talked about was excellent. Um, so it's a it's a good six from him. Yeah. But could have been a seven, but I'm going to go six. Yeah. yeah.
1: Zach Viner.
2: Zach, I'm going to go six. I thought Zach had a really competent game. Um, obviously, you know, news coming through yesterday about his three-year contract, which, which is, is brilliant.
1: Which is fantastic. We've been
2: yeah, and in, uh, and. Again, I've seen comments around the um, the transfer window in, you know, what does it say that we're celebrating Zach Viner getting a three-year contract? What it says is we now recognise how big a player Zach Viner is to this football team um, and to get him signed up on a three-year contract, I'm delighted with. I think it's a brilliant move.
1: Okay, um, and then... All the other players were on after 65 minutes, so we're not scoring them.
2: No, I would not score. I will, I will just say with Harry Cornick, I, I did think he came on, um, and and did do what you wanted. You he wanted him to push him, put himself about, mm. cause the hassle. Didn't quite break for him. You just want him to get a almost kind of smash one in and give him the confidence. Yeah, but exactly. yeah.
1: Any surprise that you went for Cornick over Yeboah for that role? I Means does you see Yaboah as more of a? A left or a right? I think he, he sees him
2: more as a, a winger, as opposed yeah. to someone that's going to run down the middle. And you needed that physical presence because Naki was doing that, and then yeah.
1: Cornet came on and did that. Yeah, so yeah. Um, so we we haven't got a calculator in front of us, but it sounds to me like a, an average of about seven point two three. I
2: reckon it's got to be seven three, seven four. Yeah. yeah, which yeah. sounds
1: about right. Yeah,
2: and then Nige. The Nigel's probably got to be an eight, in yeah. fairness to him. It's a 2-1 win away at Swansea. and
1: Team selection was good. Team selection. Question mark versus Dickey versus Naismith.
2: Yeah, and, and he called it, and again, I'll go back, Rob Skeet's called it. Our attacking intent was there from the off, and that obviously comes from the manager. Um, so, no, credit to him. After what has been a relatively difficult week... Yeah from the Norwich performance and then having to field the questions and Nigel Pearson's not a stupid man he will have seen some of the stuff that gets talked about so no fair, fair play to Nigel it was um it was a really really good win
1: and great to um great to go into a two-week break now with with three points um and looking at the table obviously there's teams playing at the moment so we are currently eighth as, as a live table shows. Right, OK. Team, obviously, games going on at the moment, but eighth position on 8.2 wins, two draws, one loss in the league. Goal difference of zero. I think
2: it's, it's just the fact that we've not seen the same performances at home. Yeah. But like Nigel Pearson has said in his post-match, other teams pay us the respect by not allowing us that room. And the pace, that you, you know, the room that you need with the pace to get behind. And so we've got to look at other ways around that. Now, what I hope we don't do, that doesn't mean we then look at team changes and a different way of playing from that point of view. You know, you need to... Think, I think you can still play with the width and still play with the press. It's just, yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I, 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 I want to see that same starting lineup up uh, against West Brom. Yeah. And playing with the same... Same vigor, the same pressure, and I think
2: West Brom will, because of the way that Corben plays, I think they will try and come out and play. So potentially the room may very well be there. So yeah,
1: will you? Would you want to see D- uh, Dicky come back in for for Smith? No, I, I forward, I'd or?
2: probably keep that as it is. Okay. Yeah, I'd like like okay. you saying there, I would probably start the same starting
1: lineup. Okay, excellent. Right, we'll leave it there. We're almost almost back home now, so it's good timing. Um, big thanks to James Pearcy from Bristol Live for coming on at the start of the podcast and uh, yeah follow us over on Twitter at 3PiAPC
2: one, just one other thing Pax again tremendous following from Bristol City 3, today 000, yeah, you know and, a lot and of noise. made a lot of noise didn't let the head drop um, it was a, a, again a great great credit to the club the fans are you know again they will have been disappointed this week with not you know a few oh. of us not getting transfers oh. Um, but no, I thought they were incredible today.
0: Yeah,
1: good show. Right, if you want to see, listen to something a bit different, uh, we've got an episode coming up on the regular show of the podcast, which will be episode 196. Wow. Uh, it's uh, an artist, a music artist, from uh, who lives now in Bristol. So we're going to find out a bit more about Fraser Anderson. So uh, tune into that one. But we'll be back on the Robbins Review for West Brom in a few weeks' time. Good Take work. care, everyone. Take care, all. Have a good weekend.